rise in medicine. What can we learn from asteroid debris? How do cats purr? And just how many robots is Chipotle planning to have? Get the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Knickknack News, a news podcast featuring exciting tech breakthroughs, scientific discoveries, and fun, uplifting news stories without the political drama. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story is Nobel Prize news. This is from the BBC.com. And the headline is, Nobel Prize goes to scientists behind mRNA COVID vaccines. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so, the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine has been awarded to a pair of scientists who developed the technology that led to the mRNA COVID vaccines. Professors Catalin Carrico and Drew Weissman will share the prize. The technology was experimental before the pandemic, but has now been given to millions of people, as we know, around the world, uh, to protect them against serious COVID-19 infection. And the same mRNA technology is now being researched for other diseases, including cancer, which I think is really cool. That'd be great. Yeah. So there's a whole segment of research just looking at using mRNA technology for cancer treatment um, by, like, making it, you know, how, like, mRNA works. Like, you make the proteins you design the proteins to be like what the cancer cells have. And so then your immune system attacks it. It's really cool. Anyway, that's a side side note. That'd be such a cool breakthrough, but I know, I know. (laughs) And they're like so much closer to actually making something like that, that works now that they've succeeded with one method of using this technology. But anyway, so more about the prize winners. So Professor Carrico and Professor Weissman met in the early 1990s when they were working at the University of Pennsylvania in the United States, and they had a shared interest in mRNA, but back then it was seen as what this article called scientific backwater, which I guess means it was not a very popular concept in the scientific community at that time. Um, And this is a quote from one of them. I would go to meetings and present what I was working on, and people would look at me and say, well, that's very nice, but why don't you do something worthwhile with your time? mRNA will never work. That's the kind huh. of comments they were getting. Ha! Yeah. Ha! Joke's Talk on them. to those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when asked about how the pair first reacted to hearing that the news that they had won the prize— Professor Coleco said she thought it was just a joke initially. (laughs) And in a similar vein, Professor Weissman said, it was, (laughs) quote, it was, you know, sort of overjoyed and then disbelief and then a little bit suspecting that there was some anti-vaxxer playing a prank on us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's That's funny, funny. but also like really sad at the same time. (laughs) It's both. (laughs) It's both. (laughs) It's both. But, um, But yeah, but then obviously they realize it was real and they're both really excited about it. Um, so Catlin Carrico, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I'm really sorry. I don't know how to pronounce, um, is now a professor at a university, university in Hungary. And Drew Weissman is still working at a, as a professor at the university of Pennsylvania currently. So that's where they're at. Um, and then this article went into like the whole background of like, why are these vaccines different than traditional vaccines and all of that. But we've kind of covered that in the past before. So I don't know if I need to go into all of that but um basically like i already 
kind of alluded to, like, this technology was just present in, like, research circles, and it was experimental, and when the COVID pandemic happened, it was identified as a potential option for a more rapid vaccine development than traditional vaccine techniques, Um, and then it ended up actually working, (laughs) and it was proven to work, and obviously there was a ton of funding going into that research, so that accelerated a lot of these processes, too, and it's been more or less effective. So yeah. that is super exciting. So that's why they, they won the prize because obviously that, that research has impacted a lot of people in the world. So congrats to them. Yeah. Congrats to them. I just got my updated one earlier this week. Nice. Yay. So Yay. yeah, friendly reminder, you can go get your updated one now. They're widely available. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I need to do that. I have not gotten the up, the updated one. I I forget what I should know this, but I don't know what variant um, it's like designed for it's, right now. Yeah. The current one, but yeah, I don't remember what the name of they. They all have crazy names, right? <laughs> it's like it doesn't follow ones. any obvious pattern, so it's like I don't know which <laughs> right? one. Right? <laughs> they're so right though. It's not following like it's not like alpha, beta. Whatever comes up, it's like it's like. <laughs> oh, now we're gamma. using Greek letters, or now we're using yeah other terms. I think the last I one just, I heard of it was just like a name, like it was just like a a name of a person, but like yeah, I have no idea. What yeah, I don't, I don't know either. But anyway, the updated ones are supposed to be more effective against more recent strains, so it's exciting stuff. Good to know. My first story this week is asteroid news. This is from CNN, and the headline is, Pleasant Surprise Greets Scientists Opening Asteroid Sample Dropped from Space. Ooh. So, so uh, long-time pod listeners right, mem- right, uh, might remember us talking about the asteroid Bennu. Yeah. Does the name Bennu sound familiar? Yeah. Um, so, this, this was the OSIRIS-REx mission that, like, sent this spacecraft to this near-Earth asteroid Bennu um, to collect a sample and then send it back to Earth. And that sample has finally come back to Earth. And not only did they get the sample, but there's, like, a bunch of other stuff that, like, came back with, like... So this is... So there's basically, like, one component of of this, like, OSIRIS-X... OSIRIS-REx spacecraft that was like meant to collect the sample but when they like opened the canister that like contained that component there was a bunch of like additional debris from the asteroid like in there so they're like oh we actually got more material than we actually even set out to get and now they can study this material before they even disturb like the other stuff that they got okay Um, so they're just they're just excited like because uh, to quote Christopher Sneed, who is the deputy OSIRIS-REx curation lead, he said, The very best problem to have is that there is so much material, it's taking longer than we expected to collect it. So basically they're like, yay. <laughs> science. Yeah, that's great. We have, <laughs> there's too yeah, much. Yay, there's science. too much science. <laughs> there's too much material. What are we going to do with um, all of this? It will take years to process. 
But yeah, it like ended up inside the lid of this container, and like so they know it's from the asteroid, but mm-hmm. like they weren't expecting it to be there, basically. Um, so the cool. sample's historic landing in the Utah desert on September 24th marked the culmination of NASA's seven-year OSIRIS-REx mission, uh, which traveled to Bennu about 200 million miles from Earth, touched down on the asteroid, and then flew back to the Earth for the sample drop, uh, making a trip of about 3.86 billion miles total. Oh my gosh. I don't... I'm trying to figure out how that math works out, because they said it was 200 million miles from Earth. So I would think it would be closer to 400 million miles. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> so I don't know Are they how... counting, was it like on the asteroid while the asteroid was traveling? Maybe they're counting I guess, but mileage? was it going that fast? And that, I That's... guess, yeah, maybe it, maybe it was like moving away from Earth like fast. And then like, so the return trip would have been longer too. Okay, that's the I only explanation. What you I just, just said. Wish, yeah. I wish they had explained more how they got to that total. Because it just it like went to an 200, asteroid, two hundred million 200 miles away. Million took a four billion miles to get back. I'm like mm, something. Oh, yeah, maybe so not they, carrying you know, the one. Maybe somewhere. it's not. Maybe I'm not carrying the one. I, maybe it didn't take a straight path. Maybe it came back to the yeah. Earth and went like went around. Just, <laughs> just took a few. Joy, a joy ride around it. And then eventually um, converged with the Earth's path and then got to, no, I, don't, I have no idea. That, I mean, it could be something like that. I, I don't know. They didn't say. Um, so the team will use scanning electron microscopes, x-rays, and infrared instruments for a first examination of the material that they collected. And together, the instruments will provide scientists with an understanding of the sample's chemical composition, detect any hydrated minerals or organic particles, and reveal any abundance of specific types of minerals present on the asteroid. Um, And the reason that we're doing all this is because scientists believe that asteroids like Bennu might have delivered necessary elements such as water to Earth early in our planet's formation, and studying this sample could answer lingering questions about the origins of our solar system. And basically, were asteroids part of how, like, different planets got seeded with different um, elements and things that they needed to support life in Earth's case, or just in general, like, are they a delivery mechanism like we kind of suspect they are? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Cool. It's pretty, I mean, the the article really didn't go into it, but it's really impressive that they were able to send a spacecraft, like, hit that specific of a target. Like, an asteroid, like, space distance speaking is, like, not very large. So they had to hit that thing. And then launch off of it back to Earth and, like, get the trajectory and the path of that correct, too. Like, it's very impressive that Agreed. they were able to accomplish this. That is very impressive. It's similarly impressive to the that experiment when they, like, when they were trying to, wait, experiment with hitting an asteroid in case we ever needed to, like, yes. <laughs> blow up an asteroid. <laughs> right? Mm, right. Similar. The mathematics that go into, like, targeting that small of a space, like... In the vastness of in space. In the just, vastness, it's, yeah. It's just so impressive. Like, the but amount also of like, distance and area and everything, like, it's just relatively this really small pinprick, and it's really cool. Yeah, and the article didn't say, like, I don't is I don't know if this is, like, the first unmanned thing to, like, be sent out and also then return, like... Oh, really? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we've done this before. That's actually I'm, a I'm good point. Sure. Like, I can't... I don't know that like, I've heard of that 
because like obviously the missions to the like space international space station and the moon and stuff those returned but those were with people like I what just, about what about mars though have we ever gotten like samples from mars like in this way i don't know do you think or has it always just been like we send stuff we've send there stuff up there and then and it's it there doing the info, science but it's just <laughs> yeah. but it just dies up there yeah i'm not sure yeah Huh. I'd have to look it up, but yeah. Either way, whether it's the first time or not, still super impressive. That yeah, that's super impressive. That's so cool. Okay, my next story is cats news. <laughs> not the musical cats, just Aww. the animal cats. <laughs> as much as we love cats, it's not about that. Um, so this is from ScienceAlert.com, and the, the headline is, Important News. Scientists <laughs> think they've finally figured out how cats purr. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it had important news in the headline. Um, I'd been dying to know. So I didn't know that this was still like an open question, but I learned that reading this. So researchers have finally discovered the key to cats' signature sound. And it involves squishy pads in a cat's vocal cords. Ew. Scientists... Sorry, I didn't think you would think that was gross. <laughs> Scientists have puzzled, apparently, over how cats manage to make their distinctive low-pitched purr because low-frequency sounds are usually made by larger animals with stronger vocal cords. So, like, think like, you know, like a lion <laughs> or something. They have, like, deep sounds that they make, right? And, like, why right, is a yeah. small cat also able to do that? They, they didn't really know that, I guess. That's or they didn't know question. for sure. They had theories, but it wasn't, I don't know, proven? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, what they're calling purring pads of connective tissue um, embedded in the vocal folds of the cat appear to increase the density of the tissue overall, making them vibrate more slowly and produce the rumble of purring that brings joy Hmm. to people. Um, So this was an international team led by voice scientist, Christian Herbst. I love all the fun titles we encounter looking at these stories. As an aside. Voice scientist. A voiceologist. A voiceologist (laughs) um, from the University of Vienna in Austria. And he says their research challenges the widely held belief that active muscle contractions are what cause purring. Instead, the scientists now think that the purring may be just a passive aerodynamic behavior that continues automatically after the brain sends an initiating signal. So it's like they kind of described it like it's similar to vocal fry in humans, like <laughs> when you kind the of cats are just Kardashians. That's all. <laughs> when you st- you kind of can like start doing it, and then it kind of just like happens. Like you're not you're not like, which I guess I don't know. It's exactly the same as vocal fry, but like they're saying that the cats aren't like consciously trying to like do the purring. Like they kind of like initiate it, and then it just kind of like happens. Continues going. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Since you have a cat, would you say that this? tracks with what you've experienced with purring i mean let me he's right behind me let me ask real quick (laughs) (laughs) he says yes okay (laughs) (laughs) um 
So yeah, so they went into like vocal fry, like what that is. It's basically like when a person creates a low-pitched raspy sound by vibrating vocal cords at a very low frequency. Um, and it's like the thick, <laughs> they went into like the all the details of this. The thickness of the opening and level of tension in your vocal cords as well as the airflow through them all contribute to that. And these like purring pads, what they're calling them, is very similar. Like it, it like affects the shape density of the vocal cords and lets them like do that. This article also said that the reason why cats purr is a mystery. And I'm like, it is like, I thought that was just like known that they're like content. I don't know. Cause then they're like, well, some theories suggest purring indicates contentment, but other research suggests purring could be a healing mechanism. Like what? Okay. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like, I don't know. Does your cat just purr randomly when it's just like, why are you purring right now? Like, He's honestly not much of a purrer, like, compared to other cats that I've known. Like, you never really, like, hear him purr unless you have your head, like, right next to him. So he's not a great example for this. But, yeah, I I really don't. I don't know what makes him purr. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting you to know this. (laughs) You've had a cat for a long time. I'm just just kidding. (laughs) I have a sample size of one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not statistically significant. True. Um. So, yeah, that's their that's the new research on purring, um, and they they mentioned at the end of the article that this knowledge might help scientists develop new technologies that mimic purring, such as calming devices for cats or treatments for pain and anxiety for cats. I think so. <laughs> that's interesting. Also, hello, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He knew we were talking about him. He popped into frame. Yeah. My next story is Chipotle news. This is from WPXI.com, your source for local some places news. Uh, and the headline <laughs> is... Uh, Chipotle to test robot to assemble bowls and salads while workers make burritos, tacos, and quesadillas. So we've talked about now, well, we talked in depth about one Chipotle robot where we also mentioned a second Chipotle robot that had existed. So this is the third Chipotle robot that they are looking into. Um, This is a... It's specifically a robot to make bowls and salads when orders are placed online. Uh, they announced that they're partnering with a company called Hyphen, that is a kitchen automatic automation company, uh, to streamline some of their digital orders by using a robot to do the salads and bowls, which account for about 65% of online orders, while a human simultaneously assembles the other items in the order. Um, yeah, so bas- like, hmm. basically this robot would do the easy ones. And the human would do yeah. the ones that a robot cannot yet do. The hard ones. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> the ones that just involve dumping something into a bowl, I think a robot can can handle. That's, um, yeah, that's fair. It's a fair assessment, so, probably. <laughs> they said that this automated line will be located below the main service line used by the employee for doing online orders. So basically, like, the salads and bowls will be going on it's a conveyor underneath? belt below. Yeah, like under the counter, essentially. Um, and then Whoa. when it's, when it's done, it will pop up onto the main line through a counter opening. So just like 
Ah, uh, hello. <laughs> I'm a salad. <laughs> like out of Bob out of the out of the counter. Wait, so funny. if you were there in person watching from the other side of the counter, you would just see like a salad just salad up out of the counter <laughs> magically. Wow. Uh, that's that's kind of cool actually. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was yeah. not this. <laughs> Um, Chipotle says the use of the robotic line could increase capacity for digital orders and help free up employees on the front make line. Yeah. Um, but it did not say which restaurants will be receiving these systems initially. And like I alluded to earlier, this follows Chippy, a chip making robot that was reported on last year. And then the avocado, an avocado peeling robot that yes. we talked about earlier. We talked this year. about that. Yes. I the avocado is the one. I, and I feel like it wasn't that long ago even. Um, but yeah, they're looking at another robot. I mean, it makes sense, but they're still yeah. going to have to have people working there for sure. Like, I don't think. Yeah. None of these robots are like really like they're replaced. They're making like the more mundane tasks like faster, essentially, while humans can yeah. focus on the ones that are harder to do as a robot is what. Yeah, At least that's what my Chipotle impression too. Like, yeah. For example, the I, I don't remember all the details about the avocado one, but it like sh- like it takes the, <laughs> the it pe- pit it out. Them. It peels it and takes the pit out of it, right? Yeah, and cores it. Yeah. You, it cores it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> which like that's really annoying to do as a person. Mm-hmm. Which I know from experience, and I also yeah. happen to know that like. A lot of people get like serious injuries on their hands from trying yes, to like work can... with avocados and like they cut themselves and stuff and it's like really bad. Well, it's it's like actively dangerous because you need a sharp knife to get through it in the first place, but it's like such a tough skin that it's very easy to like slip and just cut yourself instead. Yeah, so. and then once you're in there, if you're if you're trying to like core it and you're not careful, you could slip on that too. It's just all like really slippery and yeah. it's just yes. it's just a hazard. <laughs> it's a hazardous it's a hazard. situation. <laughs> It's a good thing for a robot to do. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so the only thing I'm thinking about with this, like, under-the-counter robotic line is, like, how how close to the floor is it? Because I feel like if it's too close to the floor, (laughs) that makes me, like, uncomfortable. It's like someone's, like, walking right there and, like, your food is just, like... I would hope that it's, like, contained. (laughs) Like, it's not, like, just open to the floor. (laughs) But, but, But then how do you get the ingredients in? I don't know. Maybe a system of drawers or something that you can like. You pull open the drawer, you oh. put the ingredients in, and then it dispenses so from the drawers or something. I don't like know. A drawer, I have, I'm drawer, fully tomatoes, <laughs> drawer, drawer, corn. You just see an employee salsa. just dumping tomatoes into a drawer. <laughs> Why is this so funny? You just put. You're just putting food like in these drawers and then like magical salads are coming out of the counter. <laughs> like this is like this is a future futuristic future magic world. Um I, I just know. love the yeah. phrase magical salad. <laughs> Me too. Now I want a magical salad. Now I'm hungry. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story with us about drawer robots or anything else, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. 
Bye. 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 I'm just gonna. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm not buying that for the final bottles. Okay, I'm just gonna do it again. Okay. <laughs>